I want you to think about the differences in between how black people are treated and white people are treated. And for those of you who say, why is everything about color with you? I'm, I'm going to share it to you. And, but you're asking the wrong person. You should ask the ones who founded this country on racism. You should ask the ones whose architecture is about racism. But I'm going to show you, before I get into the segment, a few differences between the crack epidemic and the opioid epidemic. The crack epidemic was mostly black people, and the opioid epidemic is mostly white people. Okay, the crack epidemic. You had raids everywhere. Every time, everywhere you look, raids, raids, drug raids. Black people paraded on the news night after night after night, vilified, demonized. The opioid epidemic, they're not vilified. They're not, you don't even hear about drug raids. And they're not on the news night after night, and it's a health issue. Now, how is it drug abuse now a health issue? And it wasn't back then. Okay. I, I, I think, you know, I can see where it is a health issue. But why aren't you going back releasing our people that's in there for the crack epidemic? Think about that. Now, if you're going to change your perspective on the drug abuse, then you need to release our people. Because now, drug abuse is a health issue, not a prison issue. You can't have it both ways. What's going on is mass incarceration. The prisons is, pay, is paying these politicians, these people, these, all of them in Congress, to pass these laws to keep their prisons full. Let me continue. Black folks went to jail, went to prison, mass incarceration. But now, you, and on the opioid addicts, they got safe injection sites, places they can go and shoot up. Police ain't harassing them for the most part. The government spending billions of dollars for the opioid plague. When, when they spent billions of dollars for black folks, it was to build the prisons, to make billions of dollars. It was an investment. Okay? Now the opioid addicts, get, they're divert, divert, diverting the opioid addicts and the drug addicts that are white away from prison to drug court to try to get them treatment, to try to get them off of the drugs. Okay, where is that for black people? All those black people, families you tore apart. Where is that now? Where is the black people being released from prison to get help, to, be, to become successful or more ready for society? Where, where is the balance? It, it, what it is and what they're showing is that, that white people, white drug addicts can get treatment and get taxpayer dollars that we pay taxes for too, spent to help their people, while black people get mass incarcerated and our tax dollars go to build a prison for our own people. And they also have, starting with Narcan, which this is judgment on America. Your meth, your, your, Narcan don't work on meth addicts. Now there's another drug plague coming. What, what you're doing, you're reaping what you've sold. What you've done to the most high chosen people, us, is now coming 
on knocking on your doorsteps. The only thing I can tell you is to repent and stop co-signing and, and allowing this wickedness to continue. And this, this is Yah's will, Yahudah. Back again. Uh, Google my name to see all the media that I'm on. YouTube, Twitter, Brighteon, and right here, Anchor Podcast. Now, I just did a podcast about the 94 crime bill, about Bill Clinton, Joe Biden, who wrote it, and Bernie Sanders, who signed off on it. None of these people are our friends. These are politicians who are making legislation to oppress us. It doesn't matter if we go to the left or to the right. But right now I'm dealing with this private prison. It's another part of this 94 crime bill. All this stuff started happening in steps. All right now, did you know how many of you are aware that private prisons can sue the state for inmates? How many of you knew that? That if a if a private prison is empty or they or some of the they beds are empty, they can sue the states and get paid. How many of you are aware of that? In some cases, I've read these contracts. You have to do a little researching about private prison suing states. That these contracts go into 20 years. Now, keep that in mind why our people are getting 10 to 20 years for nonviolent offenses. This is the this is the slave labor. We got to understand what's going on and who's doing it. Right after slavery. We went through the, the convict leasing system where they went and locked up black folks for nothing just because they didn't have a job, as though these people was going to give us a job. Convict leasing, you should check that out. But let me get try to keep this brief. I typed in the Google search, Wonder Aggressive, W-O-N-D-E-R, like Wonder bread, and then aggressive, G-R-E-S-S-I-V-E, one word, G is in gray, wonder aggressive, and then I put behind that in my Google search, private prisons suing for prisoners, okay, the article is written by wonder aggressive, if you want to look this up and find it yourself, all right, and, and, it, and it says, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want you to get the meat of this. A private prison in Arizona recently sued the state for having a lack of prisoners. But the whole lie that they've told the public is that the prison, the whole idea of prisons was to rehabilitate people, to get them ready for life once they get out. That's the whole lie that we've been told. Now, think about this. If no one is being rehabilitated 
And I've been in there, and I know for a fact no one's being rehabilitated because people keep going back for the same thing. Then what's really going on? Let me continue. For the sake of saving $16 million in back pay, the state settled by paying the private prison $3 million. The, the state was obligated to pay this private prison millions of dollars because of a contract that they signed. You have to investigate these contracts. That if, and I've seen this with my own eyes. That in some of these cases, if their prison is 90, not 90% full, they can sue the states for them empty beds. Why do you think the police is constantly in our neighborhoods? They're not, they're not locking their own people up. So where do you think they're going to go to fill their beds? How do you think the police department get their cars? How do you think the city makes their money? Think about it. Where is this stuff coming from? I myself have been fined and ticketed for crimes I didn't commit. Went to jail for public drunk and wasn't drunk. Begged the, the deputy to give me a breathalyzer. He wouldn't do it. Then when I went to court and told the judge, he didn't care. I knew then that this system was fake. Paying speeding tickets for not speeding. This is not a coincidence. These people are coming to us, stealing our money. This is extortion. This is robbery. This is theft. But let me get back on track. Okay. Now, now, right here, you have to watch these Europeans when they write these stories. Time out. To be fair, it's a bit more complex. It's not complex. It ain't complex at all. First, you put the drugs in the streets. Then you lock up the people. You put the, the let me let me clarify. You put the drugs in black neighborhoods. These are historical facts. Then you start mass incarcerating people for the drugs that you put in their neighborhood. Then you start putting prisoners on the stock market to make millions and billions of dollars with these contracts guaranteed that they're gonna have prisoners. Then you start making laws, 94 law crime bill, forcing the state to increase time for minor offenses in order to get these billions of dollars. Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Bill Clinton. It ain't, it ain't complex at all. It's racism. That's what it is. All right. Then it's talking about in 2010, Three violent inmates escaped from Arizona private prison. What did that have to do with everybody else getting locked up? Because they are they are using racism to oppress us. What did that have to do? Because three violent inmates escaped, which they are not rehabilitating people. What that got to do with us? That should be the security fault, right? That's that's a fault under the fault of the prison, right? The government, right? Not the public. But I'm over, I'm just showing you how to read through the riff raff. All right, I'm going to look at this graph right now from the Huffington Post. It's a graph, it's a map of the United States where prisoners are guaranteed. Down there in the black, it's the, it's, it's the most. All right. Lockup quotas ensure that private prison turn a profit. Now, if the prisoners are dependent on the inmate, they are not going to let the people go. Think about it. They need the people to get paid, so why are they going to let you go? Why are they going to educate you to keep you from coming back to prisons? 
think about this when you're wondering why they're important immigrants over here to get the jobs and we can't get the job. Think about this. When they're making laws, making it harder for you to get a job because you got a record. You still got to eat. Just because you broke the law one time does not mean you shouldn't be able to get a job and provide for your family. Okay. All right. All right, let me see. If a, if a certain number of beds aren't filled, states must pay the prison companies for the unused beds, leaving the taxpayers. Now, how did the, how did the private prison corporation cut a deal with the politicians to pay for empty prison beds that we, the taxpayer, didn't agree to? The public didn't agree to this. The politicians and the prison corporation agreed to this. This is corruption. All right. Let me see. States must pay the prison uh, companies for the unused beds, leaving taxpayers putting the bill for lower crime rates. In other words, when crime go down, the taxpayer got to pay money because the crime went down. Now think about this. Here are prisons with contracts that guarantee occupancy of 90% or more. That's what that graph is showing you. It's a, it's a map of the United States. And it, look, I'm going to show you what's in the black. These are the highest rates. Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Mississippi, where they're having all these riots at right now, killing folks. Think about it. Alabama. Okay. All right. I'm on the same article. I scroll down to why do we use private prison? And to the right, you'll see a bunch of guys in orange in a bed. All right. The initial use of private prison is directly linked to the utter failure that is the war on drugs. Now, in my previous video about the war on drugs is the war on black folks. Uh, Nixon knew that there was no problem with drugs in the first place. He was getting rid of his political enemies, which was black people and hippies. They couldn't really mess with the white folks, so they went directly after us. Well, check that video out. Google my name and check that video out. All right. I went over that also in my previous podcast. All right. Nixon began and all subsequent pres presidents continued to become intensely serious about the war on drugs. Okay. And this war on drugs started in the 60s. And it's still going strong. Think about it. What have they accomplished? That is that Their goal is not to stop the flow of drugs. If you want to stop the flow of drugs, you go to where the drugs are being produced. South America. You don't wait till the drugs are produced and shipped, exported and imported uh, into the city and then start locking up folks. You go to the, if you want to cut off the drugs from coming in the United States, you go to the fields where they're growing the drugs. It's not rocket science. If you hit those fields, the drug, that cut off the supply here. Think about it. What they did in these Contra affairs 
Bush, Reagan sold drugs to make money for their country war. They sold the drugs. They put the drugs in here. And at the same time, getting rid of us. Think about it. If you want to stop the flow of drugs, you go to where the drugs are, where they are coming from. You don't go to where the drugs are being shipped to. Let me continue, though. All right. And started punishing. Let me see. Let me start back up. 1970, Nixon began and all subsequent presidents continued to become intensely serious about the war on drugs and started punishing nonviolent, hardworking Americans ingesting substance substance it responsibly and safe now what they started doing like i told you before they started locking up black folks most of the people in jail are in there for non-violent offenses keeping these prison beds full so they don't have to pay this money they hate us anyway so what 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 difference is it going to make to them now you got the opioid play right now now, if you want to keep your prison bed full, put them in there. Why aren't they doing that? They're using drugs. They got drugs in their possession. Why aren't you locking them up? They're breaking the law. They're stealing the main. They're doing the same thing that the crack addicts did to maintain their high. Why aren't they mass incarcerating their own? Sure, they'll get a few of them here and there. But why aren't they a mad? Why ain't they kicking the doors in like they did? and parading them on the news night after night after night, saying they're violent, calling them super predators, Hillary Clinton. But now it's a health issue. It, now they got drug court, so they don't have to get records, so they can keep getting jobs, so they can keep getting chances. But when it was us, you on your own. Well, let me continue, though. All right. From 1960 to 1980, the number of total arrests nationwide rose by 28 percent, while the number of drug related offenses rose by more than 127 percent. That's who they were shooting after in the beginning. They, they, this whole pretext of this 94 crime bill, you should check out this previous podcast. They got a picture of Bill Clinton, Bernie Sanders. And Joe Biden on it, on the podcast. The whole thing of that was to get the black folks locked up for the drugs that you put in their neighborhood in the first place. They are more and mightier than we. We are more in number than they, than they, than they pretend. This is the second 400-year bondage, but only different this one is than the one in Egypt that we've been continuously oppressed, just like Book of Genesis said. But let me go on. Nearly 40% of all federal and state inmates are non-violent offenders. Moreover, more than half of drug-related arrests are entirely cannabis-related. Okay. Now, how is you selling drugs in the, in, the, in, the, in the country and at the same time simultaneously locking up people for having drugs in the company, in the country? Let me break it down. How is you? How is it legalized marijuana being sold and you locking up people for marijuana? How is it in? How can you? 
How is it not a conflict of interest to lock people up and not want them to get out and be productive? But they claim the whole purpose of locking people up is to rehabilitate them. It's a conflict of interest. You can't rehabilitate people that you need in the prison to begin with. Family, shalom, and I haven't even begun to show you everything. Just, just Google my name and start looking and double check what I say. Don't believe anything I tell you. I haven't even begun to tell you the stuff, like all the towns that we lost, millions of acres that we've lost, that they took through terrorism. And another thing, notice the uh, sentencing disparities between crack cocaine and powder. Powder cocaine get less time than the crack, and the crack is weak. It's, a, it's weakening the cocaine because you're putting baking soda in it. The difference was the powder was the white with the white folks and the crack was the black folks. But anyway, next video, uh, audio uh, podcast going to be on convict leasing. Right after slavery, they started making it illegal to be black. All right. Shalom.